Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, guys? You are tuning in to the newest edition of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. I'm your host, Dale Lip, and we did this episode... Uh, and recorded it, and we ran into severe audio issues for the first 20 minutes, lost out on that. I have moved away from the recording area, do not have my stuff as we're getting ready to travel up to Pennsylvania on vacation to hang out with Soup, who's in this episode as well. Uh, So I'm just recording real briefly on my phone a quick little intro. Uh, Give a shout out to our show sponsor, Saving Grace Oil and Alpha Outpost. Uh, Saving Grace Oil, promo code's CASH20, get 20% off your whole order, and Alpha Outpost hooked us up with fantastic boxes this up uh, this month that we talked about them at length. Check the Instagram uh, this weekend as we profile those. We did cover all of UFC 236 and some other stuff as well. Wanted to go ahead and recap the stuff that got cut out. UFC 236, main or first fight on the card, Nikita Krylov, OSP, we took Nikita Krylov. Second fight, Dwight Grant versus... Uh, Alan Joban, we took under two and a half, under two and a half for that fight. Uh, and then we picked this thing up right at the Eric Anders and Khalil Roundtree fight and go from there. Again, sorry about the first 20 minutes. They just could not be saved, but we got another coming after that. Um, also, we do not have an episode coming out next week. Uh, we were going to see if we can't figure one out, uh, I guess is a better way to put that. So we, we are going to try to figure that out. Hopefully get something out for you. So a little bit of UFC 236 and some NBA playoff previews and some other stuff. So hope you guys enjoy. And uh, here we go. All right. So, yeah, like I was saying, the thing with the, with Eric Anders is you're looking at, you know, he's he's lost three out of his last four. And then you got Khalil Roundtree. Last time we saw him, he was knocked out very quickly uh, in an upset uh by Johnny Walker. Now, what I like about what Khalil Roundtree did after that fight is he went to Thailand and he's like, dude, I just got Muay Thai, you know, into oblivion. I don't want that to happen to me again. I want to do that to somebody else. So what did he do? He went to the source and he's basically been there for the last year. Um, you know, cause that Johnny Walker fight, uh, or not last year, but the last couple months, cause that Johnny Walker fight was in November and has been there working on his working on his Muay Thai. So, you know, would love to see him come in and, you know, put the put the skills on showcase. Eric Anders doesn't do any one thing great. He just does a lot of things well. Um, so I think if he can survive, excuse me, the pressure of Anders for the time that it's there, I think Anders is going to be there for the beating in the later rounds. Do you have a thing for the over-under on rounds for this fight? I do. It's... Um... <clears throat> The over one and a half is a minus one forty five. The under one and a half is a plus one fifteen. Oh man, because one and a half is like right where it's at too. Right? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I necessarily like the over under on that. Uh, you know, and you don't have fighter props on that, huh? No, so, not yet. Right. Yeah, 
I like, I, I'm with you. I think, I think Khalil Roundtree is the first dog of the night here. Um, I just feel better about him at this weight. I feel better about him just looking, you know, uh, just used to the speed and the power of these 205ers. Eric Anders, obviously, you know, great athletic pedigree, but three of the last four coming in in a must win situation. It's a lot of pressure on a high, on a high profile card. And like you said, that gas tank is so suspect, man. It's really hard to get on board with a guy that has a gas tank like that. It really is hard to get on board with them. So I like uh, I like Khalil Roundtree here. Plus 160 is what I'm getting him at. So right. I, think that, I think that's a play to make. And we don't we, we don't want to downplay his loss to Johnny Walker. Since Johnny Walker came into the UFC, he's done nothing but run through people. I mean, Khalil Roundtree, Justin Ledet, Misha Serkinov, all victims of a first-round knockout. Right, like Johnny Walker. Um, granted, I think it was the Serkinov fight. Oh, it was. Um, Johnny Walker was gassed in that flying knee that he threw. He, I mean, he was almost down for the count, and then he threw that flying knee against Misha Serkinov and won the fight. But the guy's done nothing but dominate since he's come into the UFC. He's run through everybody. So that that uh that loss that Roundtree took doesn't really look as bad as it looked at the time. Right. And it wasn't also like he got beat up for three rounds or anything like that. You know, you come no. out, you get caught by an unorthodox guy, you get put to sleep. It, you know, you didn't, you, ne- you didn't necessarily learn anything, but you didn't, it didn't do anything to damage your stock either. You know, you come out and you, you get somebody blows through you real quick, and you didn't, you know, nobody knows who he is or what he's doing or anything like that. You're like, oh, okay, well, I got caught. You know, almost like the, uh, oh man, I'm trying to think of the who he fought. Um, David Branch when he got knocked or he knocked somebody out real quick. I can't remember. Anyway, um, who's fighting for the uh, he, uh, knocked out Tiago Santos? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that obviously Santos is getting ready to fight for the belt. That did nothing to hurt Santos. No. You know, you go out there and you get run through real quick by somebody. And then, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, he got caught. You know, these guys are 205 pounds. They probably weigh closer to 230, 240 come fight night. Uh, There's just no telling what what to expect. So it's just they're two massive guys, and they're going out there to play a game punch face, man, with high stakes. High stakes punch face, man. I love it. So, all right, dude, we've made it through the first level of hell. We're going down deeper and deeper into it here. Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, Adesanya. What do you think the pronunciation is for that? Adesanya or Sanya? I think it's Adesanya. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Uh, coming up against the dude that's on a mission for gold, has been since he came into the UFC. Kelvin Gastelum sitting at 15 and 3. Israel Adesanya coming in at 16 and 0, fighting for the interim middleweight title while Robert Whitaker gets his hernia in check. Um, looking to make a July return is what it looks like. But hopefully, if these guys make it through this fight unscathed, we'll be able to get a July or August fight um, with the winner of this against Robert Whitaker. So Kelvin Gastelum, Israel Adesanya. Adesanya is coming in at a favorite, man. Uh, minus 175 to Kelvin Gastelum's plus 145. I'm pretty sure that you and I are going to end up on opposite ends here, but what do you, what you know, uh, make your argument. I think the clinch is going to play a huge factor in this. I think the ability to ground and pound will play a huge factor in this. And I think the ability to actually get the takedowns to get to the ground and pound will play a huge factor. Therefore, I have altered my decision and I am siding with Kelvin Gastelum in this fight. Let's go. Let's go. Now, here's the thing. They had a face off today. 
uh, holy shit, is Adesanya bigger than Kelvin Gastelum? But that uh, is yeah. not, that has not shown itself <laughs> to be that big of an issue to Kelvin before because he has that piston of a left hand. Um, I I wholeheartedly believe, despite being first team all bad body, Kelvin Gastelum has a better gas tank than Israel Adesanya. I 100% believe that. Um, picked up the win against Souza, picked up the win against Michael Bisping, lost by submission to Chris Weidman, who was way bigger than him. Um, no contest against Vitor Belfort, but then not sent Tim Kennedy in re- to retirement, Johnny Hendricks. I mean, he is beating a who's who. Don't forget, this is also the same dude that lost by split decision to former welterweight champ Tyron Woodley. So if you look at the pedigree of opponent with Kelvin Gastelum, he has gone through the fire and emerge victorious more often than not, only 15-3. and three. Israel Adesanya, you know, uh, we were talking earlier, comes in the UFC, 5-0 in the UFC, Rob Wilkinson, Marvin Vittori, neither one of those guys wanted anything to do that. But here's what people forget. Marvin Vittori took Israel Adesanya to split decision. Israel Adesanya went to split decision with Marvin Vittori. Okay. Beat Brad Tavares, or beat Brad Tavares rather pretty handily. A lot of 50-45 scores for that. But Brad Tavares looks scared. Derek Brunson, again, another guy that looks scared inside the octagon and got knocked out. And then you've got Anderson Silva. Um, absolutely uh just a snooze fest of a fight. Uh, not a snooze fest, that's not fair to say. Adesanya didn't put it on him the way he could have. He could have got Anderson out of there and chose not to, I think. Um, and he almost got slept. Almost got slept. Almost got slept. Exactly. So um, I think Kelvin gets it done, dude. 25 minutes of, of a fist fight. I don't see Adesanya. I don't see Adesanya knocking Kelvin out. I really don't. I, I, he, Kelvin's got a fantastic chin. If Adesanya wins this fight, it's by decision. Uh, what's over under on rounds? It's got to be four and a half. Mm, uh, I think it's three and a half. Give me a second here. Three and a half. The under is plus 105. The over is minus 135. I almost like the under in this. Um, See, that's that's what scares me because I think I think Gaslam might be cautious in the yeah. first two rounds. And since I'm picking Gaslam in this fight, I think if he wins this fight, I think it's the end of the third probably more likely I would take him in the fourth round and maybe a decision. Cause I do think he will eventually Gaston's a smart fighter. Right. Um, I mean, you can make the argument that he's the most well-rounded fighter in the UFC when it comes from stand up one punch, knockout power, his wrestling and his, I think, I think underrated jujitsu that he has. I think yep. Gastelum. I, th- I think he wins this later in the fight. I think he wears down out of Sonya and also f- figures him out with the crazy, you know, four or five punch flurries leading or, you know, followed up by a body kick. His weird, it's just so unorthodox out of Sonya is he's the modern day Anderson Silva. Yeah. Um, but I think he's get. You talked to me. I mean, I think Adesanya is getting overhyped. I think his 16 and 0 record against nobodies is getting overhyped. Yep. Gaslam is a legend killer. He comes into every fight as a dog and comes out every fight as the victor. So yep. it's how do you go against him at a at a plus 145? I don't know. I, I can't. Yep. I, I and I love him. I love the odds on him plus 145. I think as we get closer to fight day, that line's going to get even closer and closer. Um, you know, I think. Which is gonna- mm-hmm. 
I think the public, are, I think the public's going to bet out of Sonya because they're going to see the sixteen and zero record. They're going to see your 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 uh, casual fight fan is going to see sixteen and zero with a win over Anderson Silva, right? And I think I think Adesanya is going to get bet, and I think Gastelum might get up to like a plus one sixty, maybe. I could I honestly could see that happening. We opened up. Uh, I think he opened it up at plus two hundred whenever they first announced the fight. Um, and it's been bet down so far. So we'll that's, see what happens. Yeah, that's your sharps getting in early. Yeah. That's everybody, yeah, that's everybody <laughs> getting in early at the plus 200. And then I think the public might even it out. I don't know. It might it may stay the same. Betting's so weird, man. It's it's so hard to predict how the lines are going to move. You just got to get in when you think it's good. Well, I think with this fight, regardless of when you get in, if you're going Kelvin Gastelum, I think it's going to be good. Adesanya standing six foot two. Kelvin Gastelum, they got him listed at five nine, but boy, um, he's, he's thick. Big, he, he is thick. He is thick. <laughs> um, I don't think, I think he's probably closer to five eight. He might've been standing on his tippy toes. Um, <laughs> but all the same, you know, it's not like he's not used to fighting, uh, fighting dudes at, that are bigger than him. You know, ever since Dana White said, no more welterweight for you, my man, uh, He's used to fighting bigger dudes at middleweight, and he has the power to sit people down at middleweight. Um, despite losing to Chris Weidman, leveled him, uh, had him in all sorts of trouble. Um, you know, like I said, career killer, man. Killed Belfort and killed Bisping. Um, Bisping knockout, one of the worst knockouts I've seen in a long time. Man, did he uh, – Yeah. I mean, he, he, he put him in a coffin for that for sure. But – all right, so I, I was I'm surprised to see you make the switch, but Gastelum plus one forty five, I think that's the play. All right, toughest fight in my opinion to call, uh, probably in the last year. Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier, huge public's outcry and support for Max Holloway coming at minus two twenty five, Dustin Poirier coming back at plus one seventy five. As far as records go, these guys have fought before, so uh, Dustin Poirier one and zero over Max Holloway uh, way back when. But since then, Max Holloway been on an absolute tear, sitting at twenty and three. Dustin Poirier sitting at twenty four and five. But this one's for the interim lightweight title, uh, on top of the interim lightweight title that Tony Ferguson has, on top of the legitimate title that Khabib Nurmagomedov has. Uh, lightweight's a clusterfuck. But that aside, we've got uh, interim title fight on our hands, and the winner of this is probably going to get Khabib. Um, seems to make the most sense. Hmm. Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson's got that mental health thing going on, man. So I don't think they're well, going to give him a fight anytime soon. Everybody knew that Tony Ferguson was not mentally healthy. I mean, That's true. Uh, they, but yeah, probably could be. I mean, I would love to see Max Holloway uh, and Tony Ferguson. I think that would be fantastic. But yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so, you're like I said, we got Holloway coming in on a 13-fight win streak. All featherweight winners, though. Uh, and Dustin Poirier, who's sitting way ahead uh, as far as level of competition. You know what? I can't even say that because you're looking at a guy like Max Holloway. Mac, you can make the argument Max Holloway is the best fighter in the UFC right now. Um, I was just going to ask you because I know you like doing the statistical goat thing. Yeah. You throw Daniel Cormier at me all the time. Max Holloway. He's the best the goat as far as featherweights he has to be um, 100% I, he, I mean the numbers don't lie most stoppages 10 in featherweight history uh most significant strikes landed 1600 i mean he pieced up brian ortega with 290 significant strikes yeah um obviously most ufc featherweight victories at 15 he's got that 13 fight win streak 
Yeah, I yes, Holloway. Yeah, but this isn't at featherweight, so I'm still going with Holloway. <laughs> still going with him all the same. Yeah, yeah. I I switched on the Gastelum. Right. I, I I I can't bring myself. Yeah, I went with T City against Holloway the first time. I did too. And boy I, did he boy did he prove us wrong. My goodness. Well, here's the thing about the Brian Ortega thing, and I and I said I said years ago, and I'm still going to stand by it. I think Brian Ortega is going to be featherweight champ at some point, but I think it's not going to be till Max Holloway is no longer featherweight champ. Um, he's going to have to go somewhere. He's going to have to go up to light, uh, or he's going to have to go up to lightweight, or even welterweight. You know, Max Holloway says that he walks around when he's not in fight camp at 190 pounds, which is unbelievable. So it makes you wonder what kind of Max Holloway we're going to see against Dustin Poirier on Saturday night at 155 pounds. What is Max going to look like at weigh-ins? You know, you look at the media day face-off today. These dudes are identical in size, man. They are the same same amount of thick. Um, and, you know, Holloway has the, the height advantage over Poirier. But here's, here's the thing about Dustin Poirier, man, is that if you look at the... Uh, if you look at who Poirier has fought since he moved up to lightweight and you can make the argument that, you know, initially when Poirier moved up to lightweight, I thought it was to get away from Conor McGregor. Um, And that's what it felt like because, you know, there was all the bad blood with the Conor McGregor fight. And then, uh, you know, McGregor beat him. And I think that whole knockout was started by a punch to the back of the head, but all the same, um, you know, moves up to lightweight, uh, takes out Diego Ferreira, Yancey Medeiros, Joe Duffy, Bobby Green, gets slept by Michael Johnson, um, then beats Jim Miller. You had the accidental knee to the face uh, when the Eddie Alvarez fight, but then comes back, knocks out Anthony Pettis, knocks out Justin Gaethje, and then demolishes Eddie Alvarez again. So if you're looking at this, you're looking at all top 10 lightweights. So... Dustin Poirier is the best lightweight not named Khabib or Tony. So it reasons to stand that I think this line's closer than what, what it's given it credit for. So like, I guess my question then morphs into is how is Max Holloway going? If Max Holloway is going to win this fight, how is he going to win it? How's he going to win it? What do you think he's going to do to win? Uh, um, I don't want to say decision because I, I don't think this fight goes the decision either way. I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Um, the over-under is two and a half. Over two and a half is a minus 160. Under two and a half is a plus 130. Um, exactly. This is my point. Well, no, here's my thing, because I know Holloway by decision is not going to be great odds. I'm trying to think of a better way to get Holloway not at a minus 215. You know what I mean? Because well, it's probably – Yeah, exactly. Holloway by decision is going to be the favorited pick. It'll be better than a minus 215 because you're at least taking out the fact of knocking him out. But I don't want to say Holloway by decision and then him actually knock Poirier out. I just, I'm probably just going to stick with the Holloway to minus 215. Honestly, I just, the the way that Dustin Poirier wins this fight in my mind is he has to go against one of Max Holloway's greatest strengths, and that's his takedown defense. He's going to have to take Holloway down and use his 
jujitsu black belt to win this fight. I don't think standing with Holloway is the, you know, recipe for a win for Poirier because he's going to get pieced up and he's going to get split. Um, it's very, so I, th- I, I think the jujitsu is Poirier's, you know, method of victory that, that if he wants to win this fight, I think he needs to implement that in his game plan. But I, I saw early, I think Max Holloway's takedown defense is like 85%. Right. Yeah, I think the like last time he was taken down. I think the last time he was taken down was when Poirier submitted him the first time they fought. Yeah, um, it's it, it's crazy. Right. It absolutely is. You're right. You're right. Now, here's my contention with this, right? Is Poirier has one punch, turn out the lights power. Max Holloway does not. And if Max Holloway wins this fight, I think he's going to do it inside the distance. I think it'll be a TKO. I think it'll be cumulative strikes like we saw with the with the Brian Ortega fight. I, You know, Dustin Poirier, when he gets hurt, will turtle up. Um, he has shown that in the past. You know, if he starts getting pieced up, he's not going to bite down on his mouthpiece and just start swinging. However, Max Holloway has been hit in every fight that he's been in. If you look even in the fourth round in the Brian Ortega fight, he had Brian Ortega hurt and Ortega threw a right hand with his back up against the cage that stopped Max Holloway, stiffened his knees up for a second. And then Max came right back at him. Um, If Poirier lands the same shot that even Brian Ortega landed on Max, it's going to, it's going to turn the fight. So again, you have the, the mental of, Dustin Poirier's already beat him. They've, he's won before. Um, both of these guys have done nothing but improve since their first fight. You know, it stands to reason that I think Poirier has a good chance at at winning this fight. I would say, not knowing what the props are, I would say Max Holloway inside the distance um, is a good play. I would say that this fight does not go to decision is a good play, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be astronomical. Um, and you said the over-unders on two and a half? Yeah, and the over is a minus 160. I- I'm with you on the inside the distance play. Now that I'm looking back at it, uh, in-, in Holloway's 13-fight win streak, there have been three decisions, one of those being Jeremy Stevens, who people don't finish Jeremy Stevens. You don't right. finish little heathen. So right. that's, that, that gets thrown out the window. That's decision. It's going to happen. And Ricardo Lamas and Cole Miller were the other two, but you've got the knockout of Ortega back to back knockouts of uh, Aldo knocked out. Anthony Pettis knocked out. Charles Oliveira submitted Cub Swanson. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, okay. You got, we'll, we'll agree on that. We'll agree on Holloway inside the distance. I'm 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 agreeing on the fight ending inside the distance. Okay. I, I think that Holloway's win streak. Me personally, I'm going to play Dustin or, or I'm going to play Dustin Poirier. Um, but I think that the play, as far as people wanting to make money, and that's what we're trying to do is make people money. I think the play is the fight ending inside the distance. Um, as far as the over under on rounds at two and a half, I like the under two and a half because I think that these guys have both resolve themselves to put on the most fan-friendly fight humanly possible. And I think it's going to be an Edson Barboza, Justin Gaethje-style fight where they're going to go out there and be like, oh, we're going to try to hurt each other as fast as we can. Um, Dustin Poirier said in his media day interview today that this might be the most exciting fight that fans ever see. So that tells you a little bit about his mindset going into this. He has waited a long time for this fight. 
Um, he has not had a championship fight before. Max Holloway's been here for a while now. Dustin Poirier's amped up. He's ramped up. He's excited. He wants to make a mark in this, you know, in this division and cement his name in the history books. He's going to come after Max Holloway. He will not back away from Max Holloway. I think under two and a half is a good play, and I think inside the distance a good play. Personal bet, I'm betting Poirier as well. So that's where I sit on this. All right. Real quick, um, just to recap what we're going over, um, Holloway versus Poirier, inside the distance, and I like the under two and a half. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, then you got we're taking Gastelum over Adesanya, Roundtree over Anders, Alan Joban, uh, Dwight Grant, under two and a half, and Nikita Krylov outright. So uh, that's basically it as far as the prelim cards go and the you know the fight pass ones. Those will be on Instagram uh, and Patreon as well. One more thing because we talked about him last week and I want to I just want, I have to mention this. Um, two big new two big news stories since the last time we recorded one. Uh, TJ Dillashaw pop for roids um, or EPO mm-hmm. and I it's it's one of those things do where I, I you know how I feel about steroid users um, especially in the, in the fight game as far as I'm concerned uh, TJ Dillashaw everything that he's done has been a farce um, that you know I think that uh, you know Coach Kavanaugh, uh, John Kavanaugh, Conor McGregor's head coach, said that you know um, that he should have if he's suspended for two years, he should have to vacate his wins for the last two years as well. So um, I, I like that. Um, any other sport where you're caught cheating, you have to vacate your victories and and your records and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm all for that. I think they should do that. Um, you know, not to sound like a parent because T.J. Dillashaw doesn't owe me shit, but I'm disappointed, man. That sucks. That sucks. Uh, you know, not well, not always the, the biggest fan of him as a person, but loved him as a fighter. Uh, but, you know, you use roids, man, and that's I, – I, I got no sympathy for you after that, man. I got none, you know. Uh, as far as professional career goes, you, you put yourself on an uneven playing field when you were trying to inflict bodily harm on another man. I mean, that's that's a slime ball thing to do. Uh, you know, and he, he embraced that whole thing with the snake – uh, you know, with the whole team alpha male thing, covered his body in snakes and that whole thing. But dude, I mean, you're really living it too. You're living that cheater lifestyle and that's fucked up. So uh, I'm not a fan. No, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, especially, I mean, this is not a, what he popped for is nothing that you can get from a tainted substance. Right. He is 100% injected. Yes. Like this is the, as blatant as a cheater as you can get. Yes. And I, man, I'm sure when that news broke, Cody Garbrandt was jumping with joy saying, I told you so. I called this. I told you guys years ago. Um, And I bet Uriah Faber is jumping with joy that Dillashaw left alpha male because there ain't no way Uriah Faber wants that on, on his camp. There's no way. So, yeah, I mean, it it sucks because I like watching Dillashaw fight, but is what it is, man. You got caught. Deal with consequences. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if you saw it or not, um, but uh, 
what, what Garbrandt posted uh, on, on Twitter. Um, you know, he said uh, something to the effect of, you know, he's not saying that his his losses uh, shouldn't count, but he said that, you know, everybody that's ever beaten me has tested positive for PEDs before. Um, and he said, uh, all of my losses are from fighters that have popped for PEDs. I can stand behind this when I say I'll always be a drug-free athlete. Number one reason is the belief I have in myself. Number two, I respect the game 100%. Twitter rant over y'all. Have a good day. And uh, he said, but let's make this clear. I'm not saying my losses are a direct result from PED convicted fighters. I also fought like a dumbass. So <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate the self-awareness coming from Car- Cody Garbrandt. All right. Last thing UFC related or MMA related. Uh, BJ Penn's baby mama put out a restraining order on him for domestic abuse, violence, threatening, intimidation. Uh, and there is all kinds of news coming out. Not yet confirmed. Um, basically making BJ Penn look like uh, a complete asshole, man. Um, yeah, I bet that hits home for you. I mean, your favorite fighter of all time. He is. And you are, and rightfully so. I mean, I'm with you. We, there's no tolerance here for anybody no. who puts their hand on a woman. So if this comes out, I might just delete my picture with BJ Penn. Fuck him. Uh, well, and that's, that's sort of where I'm at too, is that if this is true, and you know, here's the thing though. It's the same thing with Matt Hughes, right? Like, so the Matt Hughes news broke with him getting violent with his, with his, I don't know, his stepson or whatever the case may be. But even if you go back and read Matt Hughes' book, Matt Hughes says that he's an asshole. And everybody that's ever dealt with Matt Hughes has said he's one of the more uh, curmudgeon-y, tough-to-deal-with people that have ever existed and that he's he's been a jerk most of his life. So, okay, we get that. And there's been rumblings about BJ being a bad person, BJ being mean, BJ being this, that, and the other. Uh, for a long time, you know, a couple of years ago, he got into a fight with a guy in a lobby. He's been, you know, accused of being a drug addict and drunk and all these other things. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where you just you, you wonder how much truth of it come, it, it, how much of it is truth, how much of it is conjecture, what it actually is. But, man, it's it's some serious there's some serious accusations being thrown around. Not to mention the fact that, like, what she's gone on record with saying, too, like, BJ used to always try to get her high and then watch her have sex with other dudes and stuff like that. I can't get on board with this, dude. If this is real, man, I, that that ain't it, bro. Uh, I, I can't. You're a woman beater and watching your old lady get pounded out by other dudes and all kinds. Uh, we couldn't be further ends of the spectrum as far as what's acceptable behavior here. And if this if this comes to light as being true man i don't uh, i'm a ship without a rudder man this this got me all types of messed up man which which is it's weird you you mentioned that you know there's reports about bj being an asshole when i was at the fight in toronto we went into the little convenience store you know the size of your typical living room basically and it was bj penn who was one of the nicest, you know, athletes that I've ever met in my entire life. And Diego Sanchez, who's painted and, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Diego. He might be a really good dude. And that's the way he's portrayed through social media and through the media. But he was one of the biggest assholes I've ever met in my life. So it's just strange that Diego was an ass to me, but everybody else says he's a good dude. And BJ was cool as hell with me. 
but then everybody else says BJ is an asshole. It's just, it's really weird to me. I don't know if I caught, you know, if Diego was having a bad night, if he was just trying to get out of there or what, but yeah, that's just strange to me. Cause like I said, I was in line with a vitamin water at the time. BJ Penn was sponsored by vitamin water and he saw me with a vitamin water and offered to buy my vitamin water and then turned around. We talked to him for a couple minutes. He took a picture. I tried to take a picture with Diego Sanchez and he wasn't having it. He was, you know, he wanted nothing to do with it, which was really strange. But I don't know. It's not it's not a good look for BJ by any means, especially with this big fight coming up. <laughs> a big fight against Clay Guida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here with that. All right, dude. NBA playoffs, man. What do you got? What are you looking at? Uh, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. Um, I'm glad that the Lakers are imploding. Um, hopefully LeBron gets out of there. Uh, magic's, magic's gone. Uh, hopefully LeBron goes and, then you know, I would prefer if they would just get rid of LeBron and bring back some young talent. Let's just slowly rebuild this thing back up. But NBA playoffs, I don't have a dog in the fight. What do you like and what do you see? What's what? Uh, just real quick on Magic. Magic, I think this, this got sent to both of us the other day. It was a tweet that somebody put out. Magic has survived 19 years with HIV and couldn't survive nine months with LeBron James. I think it was Eric Andrews said that, wasn't it? Maybe. I don't know. I think, somebody I think said I, it and it was gold. I, I think I sent I mean, it to you. Yeah, and I think Eric Anders said that. I mean, it's the, it's the truth, man. That's crazy. But NBA playoffs tips off Saturday. Um, you've got the Eastern Conference. You've got the one seed in the Bucks. They're playing the Pistons. That's going to be a shellacking. Um, so there's nothing there's nothing to play on there unless you're playing individual individual game spreads. Uh, you got the Raptors and the Magic. The Raptors will run through the Magic. Um, Sixers and Nets. That's interesting to me. I like the Nets, man. I think they're a very, very good home team. Um, we saw the Sixers implode last year against the Celtics with no Gordon Hayward and no Kyrie Irving. The Sixers struggle on the road. So if the Nets can maybe steal one of those games, they're at a plus 500 to win that series. Um, there might be a little dabble in that. I might jump on that. Um, Pacers, Celtics. The Seas are going to win that. The Pacers without Oladipo, their luck's going to run out. The series I'm looking forward to the most is on the Western Conference, the Thunder and the Blazers. Uh, the Blazers are the home team in this series, but they're coming in at a plus 123 to win the series. I love the Blazers at home. Um, the Thunder are going to have to steal one in Portland uh, early. If they don't take games one or two, this is over. Um, I know Paul George is playing MVP levels, but it's Dame time. CJ McCollum's back healthy. Yosef Nurkic being out is going to be a factor, but I still like the Blazers at home. Um, obviously, Golden State's a huge favorite. The odds to win the NBA championship right now, you're looking at Golden State coming in at a minus 325. There's no money to be made on anybody. Golden State's winning this. Can we agree on that? Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, they're winning this. I want to agree with that. Um, is there a is there a Golden State versus the field odd? Because I know they they were doing that for a while. Yeah, um, I don't I don't have that, but that would still be I mean Golden State it would still be Golden State minus three twenty five. The field would be like a probably a plus two something. That would be the only other play I'd be willing to right. make. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't yeah, be willing to take a stab on an individual team, but I would be willing to take a stab on Golden State not winning just based off the fact that they've had this 
weird hiccup of self implosion uh, or immolation rather um, this season that we haven't seen in the past. And, uh, you know, from the rumor mill says that Kevin Durant to the Knicks is a done deal as soon as the season's over. So I don't know how that's going to factor in, but I, I almost like the, uh, the, the, the Warriors versus the field play, but that's about it. Yeah, if anybody can find that, send us the odds. I'd like to see what the odds are on that. I'm if Golden State's a minus three twenty five, the field's probably like a plus two fifty. Um, because then yeah, because then you got the Bucks covered. You've got the Rockets, who right. should have beaten Golden State last year. Exactly. Um, you've got the Sixers if Ben Simmons, Embiid, and Jimmy Butler can get their shit together. So yeah, that's that's not a terrible play. I still think Golden State wins it. If they stay healthy, it's absolutely theirs to lose. But they're right. one rolled ankle away. They're one Steph Curry ankle away from this thing being a re- well, wide open field. Um, that's Mil- about it. I mean, that's really the only play I got. Milwaukee to win the East at a plus 110. Milwaukee's oh, coming out of the East. Yeah, Giannis, yeah. Is, Giannis is on a tear. Um, Toronto, Toronto, yes, they have Kawhi, but they still have Kyle Lowry. And we know how Kyle Lowry performs in the playoffs. Yeah. So I, I like Milwaukee to plus 110. And he's not Mike Lowry. No, he's not. Speaking of that, it's official. Bad Boys what? Four. Is it really? Yes. Is it, is it is Michael Bay doing it, or are they doing somebody else? I don't I don't know who's doing it, but they posted a picture together on Instagram like last week. Good so Lord. that's a real thing that's happening. And then good for Martin Lawrence, man. Yeah, some real quick NHL plays for tomorrow, guys. Tampa yeah. Bay minus one and a half, plus one ten. They blew a three nothing lead to lose 4-3 to Columbus, game yes, one at home. Second best record in NHL history. Tampa's going to shit down Columbus's throat tomorrow. Minus There's 110, no, you said? Yeah, it's a, them minus one and a half is a plus 110. I oh, love okay, that. Minus one. Yeah, that's I think play. they're going to destroy them. And fanboy coming at me right now, the Penguins minus one and a half at a plus 240. Give me that all day. They're that's not good. losing both games on the road. They're taking game two. Playoff hockey, these minus one and a halfs are nice because if they're up one at the end of the game, you get that empty netter. Yep. Um, it's an easy way to cover those. But, yeah, so Penn's minus one and a half, Lightning minus one and a half, Bucks to win the East, Golden State probably to win the NBA championship. I uh, like Portland. But, yeah, a lot of just so much going on. And DeChambeau is down to a plus 500 to win. Um, nice. Kepka's plus four, DJ and Deshambo are plus five, and then like John Rom, Lefty, and Tiger are all plus one thousand. Well, it's it's worth getting on our Instagram and looking at our plays on there and making the, the making the requisite adjustments as far as your plays go in conjunction with ours. We finished two thousand eighteen at five and one on our golf plays. Just mm-hmm. throwing that out there, five and one. Um, we could almost make the argument that we're the best golf handicappers in the world. Uh, just based, on, based yeah. on based on those stats. I'm yeah, just saying, nobody, nobody else has that percentage. Nobody else has that percentage when it comes no. to golf. Um, real quick, the uh, hopefully you guys got in on the Vasily Lomachenko uh, play last week mm-hmm. when we announced it because that uh, that line has moved a lot um, from minus seventy five hundred to minus seventy seven hundred. So hey, get in while it's good, baby. Get in <laughs> while it's good. Got a sharp money coming in early on Lomachenko. Uh, absolutely love that. And uh, as far as sports go, dude, that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's it. Um, all right. A lot of boxing coming up. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll do Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan. Super pumped for that. Uh, real quick before we before we sign off, want to tell you guys go go uh, podcast. I was lucky enough to be on this last week uh, called Craft Conversations. They had me on, uh, fed me a bunch of beer, and wanted to talk about you know all kind of running for public office and fighting and all kinds of good stuff. Man, I had a, had a real great conversation with a the guy there, uh, and so go check them out. Craft Conversations. Uh, it was a good time, and then. Not going to say it yet because we don't have the date locked on, but we just locked on. Probably, I'd say he's probably our second biggest guest ever. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you agree? Behind Kenny Florian, yeah. Behind Kenny Florian, I think this might be our biggest one yet. So yeah. we're we're going to get the logistics hammered out, and then we're going to um, we got to figure out a way to do three way interviews and all that kind of stuff too. So we're going to get it, we're going to get hammered out. Probably not going to be an episode next week, guys, because I will be traveling. Um, we might do some sort of weird abridged version of one, uh, but there's probably not going to be an episode next week. So probably should have let off this show with that. So you could have paused it and listened to the other half next week. But uh, be that as it may, we are not probably not going to, I'm about 90% certain we're not going to have an episode next week just because nah. of travel. Nah. Even if you can't, I'll do one. it would be a lot of NBA and NHL going on. All right. Well, whatever yeah. we can figure it out. Okay. Well, that's it, guys. That's all I got. I will talk to you guys all on social media this weekend. Uh, feel free to shoot us an email, fistfulofcashpod at gmail.com. Love it when you guys send an email. Support us at patreon.com forward slash fistfulofcash, savinggraceoil.com, promo code CASH20, Alpha Outpost. Sign up there in the comment section. Put that you heard about it here on Fistful of Cash. Check out our Instagram at Fistful of Cash Podcast and Twitter at Fistful C. That's it, man. That's all I got, dude. Yeah, as always, guys, we're going to mix it up. Clear eyes, Deshambo can't lose. <laughs>